Posse Posse Packer Nation. Welcome to another episode of Podcast, the podcast where you don't have to be a Packers fan, but it sure does help. I'm your host, Tim Grassi, and <laughs> Sunday Night Football, baby. Prime time. As a Green Bay Packers fan in New York, I have struggled the past two weeks having to stream it on NFL Sunday Ticket, getting my touchdown spoiled in the chat as I stream it. But nay, nay, we're live this Sunday, baby. We're live. And to help us bring in this monumental game, I sought out a guest that I knew would tower over the rest easily. He is a trained NFL scout, Jedi, may have made that up, but that's fine. He's a film analyst for The Athletic. We got Deuce. Deuce, thank you for coming on, buddy. Thank you for the energy. I appreciate it. I mean, it's been a rainy day, so I'm kind of feeling down, feeling a little dreary, feeling morose, and I'm glad that you were here to lift my spirits. That's it. I'll be your lightning in your, your rain cloud. That's it. Oh, <laughs> It'll be quite a combo we're having today. I can already feel it. Oh, it's going to be phenomenal. I can't wait. I mean, it started off uh, just with, with the amazing hat selection, and it, honestly, it's, it's just it's going to keep on going to the moon here. But, no, I appreciate you coming on, and I'm really excited for, for this game upcoming on Sunday. It's Sunday Night Football. You know, there's always that little extra in your chest. You're like, ooh, ooh. <laughs> When, when, when you hear the Sunday night theme, I mean, the other one was better. But when you hear it, you're just like, yeah. it's good. I mean, what are your thoughts on that? Do you, do you, ha- do you have a preference? So, should, should we go, like, change? Don't even say it's versus Packers. Should we talk best Sunday night football theme? I mean, I got, Whole I got podcast all episode. I got all Whole day. podcast episode. <laughs> I'll be honest. I'm not a fan of really any of them. Oh. Even though I am, you'll find out that. I'm really big on analytics. I'm really mm. big on film. Very mm. new age football. When it comes to like the things I like to hear, I want old school as possible. Ooh. Like I love like popping the VHS tape of the NFL highlights and that old deep voice. Da, 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 da. That's what I want. I feel it. I feel it. All right. So you get the little nostalgia kick too, right? I yes. get it. Okay. All right. I, I pick up what you're throwing down. I pick up what you're throwing down. So that being said, yeah. Monday Night Football theme. I mean, like, where where are we with that one? Are we because when did the they? The best re- I thing feel about like Monday were- Night Football is that they brought back the gold jackets. That yes, was cool. that, okay. that was good. I like okay. that. The, the nostalgia feel. I actually want that. I want that nostalgia feel from my color commentary and my analyst. I, I want you to know what you're talking about, but I also want to have that like. Mm. <sighs> it, it's like I miss the the whoops. Yep. From Sports Center for oh. so long until they came back. Hey, Chris was... Berman, all day, every day. Yes. All day, every yes. day. Like, I still can't say the Raiders without going, the Raiders, every single time. Exactly. Like, there's, there's something about that, like, as a 90s kid, like, waking up right before I'm about to go to school and Sports Center is on and I'm watching, like, the top 10 and Chris Berman's giving me mm-hmm. the woos and I'm just like, yes. Yep. But those were the golden age, baby. That was the golden age. Yeah, well, that's been great show. to have it back a little bit. Yeah, and that was the show. That so I hope you guys enjoyed it. I appreciate you coming yeah. on. Um, this you. was Thank this you. has been really, really great. Tell people where they can find you. So, <laughs> hi, Deuce. <laughs> I, I, it's it's seldom that I have a Saints fan on because I feel like our teams they don't play very often, right? About every two or three years. Yeah, right. Like it, it depending it, on how they're doing. Yeah, it's like the the two three years, right, or every four years, whatever. Like you know when they're when they're making their rounds around the NFC South. But yeah. I will say when we do meet up. The games are usually pretty damn exciting. They're usually pretty yeah. damn and it, it helps the quarterbacks have been pretty decent in that recent time frame. They've been okay. I mean, like, yeah, they've been all right. They've been okay. Yeah. So there's, I have so many questions for you when it comes to the Saints, but I think I'm going to start off talking about Drew Brees. So Drew Brees has, mm-hmm. if, I may, if I may, if I may make this comparison – I feel like Uh-oh. has there's a similar narrative between him and Aaron Rodgers in that they both have one ring and they should have more. That's the comparison uh- that I have for you because I get that every day. So I'm curious as someone, obviously, who is a massive Saints fan, as someone who's studied mm-hmm. Drew Brees and studying the team, do you agree with that analysis of like, yeah, we should have had more because we I believe. I do believe the team should have more and that Drew deserves to be part of those teams. But I'm also one of those very quarterbacks. Do, I don't do quarterback wins. I don't do yes. quarterback Super Bowls. It's, I'm sorry. Because 
and this isn't like Tom. Like Tom Brady's a great example. I think Tom Brady is one of the greatest of all time, mm-hmm. but he's also averaged basically a top ten defense his entire career. That mm-hmm. helps. It's a it's a three part, you know, melting pot to get to the Super Bowl. And yes. while Aaron Rodgers hasn't struggled defensively like Drew has in the past fifteen years, yes, it's been bad. But what Drew's had has been worse. Okay. Okay. I mean, yeah, what Aaron Rodgers has been bad, but we're talking about the Saints literally having, I'm not exaggerating, one of the worst defenses of all time. Mm. Multiple times. (laughs) (laughs) Not just once, like several times. Uh, I think in the past 15 years, the defense has been top 10 three times in 15 years. And it's averaged like 24, 25. I mean, it's it's really bad. And obviously there's been some really bad defensive woes when McCarthy was there and everything. I'm not trying to say that, you know, Green Bay hasn't had that problem. But I do also struggle with the Rodgers to Breeze comparison because Breeze is the physically not as talented as everybody else but works hard enough to do it. And Aaron Rodgers is – if he actually played to his potential every game, would be the best quarterback to ever play but doesn't do it. He's like Jay Cutler on steroids – he is by far like one of the best besides like Patrick Mahomes now physically talented quarterbacks yeah. I've ever seen. And he will single-handedly lazy himself through seasons and play terrible. No offense, Green Bay Packers fans. It's just true. That man should average like a 130 quarterback rating every game. He doesn't though. So, <laughs> so, so we put the whole onus on him. Cause like, listen, the, it's the, not the whole thing, but come on. I mean, y'all, y'all have watched Aaron Rodgers lazily throw the ball out of bounds for no reason when he could make a, a window throw. I mean, come on, we know a right, but I'm only coming at him like that because he's so you. talented. I, I mean, I don't come after something. Tyrod Taylor like this. <laughs> it's, it's cause it's Aaron Rodgers. has a punctured lung. He's been through enough. Yeah, I know. Right. <laughs> Yeah, uh, but yeah, that so that's always a tough one for me because Drew has basically earned his. I'm up there with the greats, even though he's not that talented physically. I see. Whereas Aaron Rodgers, he should be better than he is, in my opinion. Gotcha. Okay, because the the thing that I get a lot, and and Packers fans have been dealing this for years, of like the Green Bay Packers have wasted Aaron Rodgers. We I mm-hmm. get that narrative all day, every day, literally. And not be a Saints fan. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> exactly. And like, I look at the Saints and I say, you know, you look at Drew Brees and like the teams that granted, again, talking about defenses, we've had some pretty rough years, you know, mm-hmm. and the teams that have been put around them and how many times that like the offense has done its job only yeah. for the defense to like let them down. And it like turns into a fireball of terribleness. Mm-hmm. And I look at it from that standpoint and I completely am 100% so happy that you said QB wins are, 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 are not a stat, right? Like, it, like that, yeah, that's, not. Not, that's not a thing because it's a, te- it's a team game. There, there's more than, than one person on the field. So, like, I feel like for you, in the twilight, I'll say, of, of Drew Brees' career, right? As oh, Roger said, on the, on the back nine, how like are on you? On the back two. Yeah. <laughs> we're in the final two. If it's we're, we're at the Tiger Woods stage. We're like, we want him to surprise us by winning a championship. Like, wait, you can still do that? <laughs> I mean, listen, you could always go the Denver route and like Ooh. Reese can come back next year, just build a really good defense and drag his carcass all the way there. That's what they're trying to do this year. It just didn't go that well on Monday night. So, that's... <laughs> so like, I'm, I'm, that's what I'm kind of getting at. Like, what are your expectations heading into this season? Because it is only week two. I'm not ready to, you know, blow any narratives of like, this mm-hmm. is the entire Saints team. You know, what are your expectations coming into this season? Are you looking at them of like, this is, this is kind of like the last dance? Like, how, how, how do you see the, the Saints unfolding this year and how you think they're going to perform? Well, it's not just me. It's the Saints themselves. I mean, you talk to the players. It's Super Bowl or bust. Yeah. I mean, it's Drew was contemplating retirement hard. He's actually done it for several years. You go back to the final seven and nine season we had, that offseason he actually contemplated retirement, and that was 2016. Mm-hmm. So after 2016, it's like, look, man, I'm tired of losing. We're sucking. I don't know if I really want to yeah. keep doing this. And then 2017 happens. All the rookies come in. The team resurges to 11 wins, and he's like, yeah. you know what? We'll, we'll keep going. So that's where we're at. And then you had the, you know, talks. That it was rumors, but now it's been confirmed multiple times that Tom Brady wanted to come to New Orleans until mm-hmm. Breeze was like, whoa, whoa, hold on. <laughs> hold on, just Still my team. Still my team. So you have all this in, in mind. I don't think anybody doubts that this is Drew's last year. Yeah. Like, uh, it's 
And, you know, for all the narratives being thrown around about his arm strength, those of us who've been covering film and stuff in New Orleans have been like, where were you in 2017 when this started? <laughs> like, Drew has struggled to throw past 35 yards with accuracy since Brandon Cooks left. And that's not because Brandon Cooks left. It's just because yeah. he's 40 years old. Yes. You know who doesn't do it that well either? Brady. He does a little bit better than Drew, but – yeah, You get 40-something years old, and your deep ball accuracy dwindles. It doesn't mean you can't throw at 50. It means that sure. it might no longer be right over the shoulder like A-Rod or Mahomes or Russell Wilson can do right now. Yeah. So you have to change the game and how you play. So, you know, it's this is definitely the ride or die. Like, this has got to be the year. And then next year we just see, well, who knows? We'll see what happens. Wait, we just throw it up. Because, like, you know what fascinates me too, right? So, like, you got Jameis Winston, who mm-hmm. – I love that. Like, I am Same. all aboard that. Because, like, Jameis Winston, listen, like, he, he reminds me so much of Favre in the way that he, like, the guy has a cannon of an arm, can literally be like, I am going, like, he, I feel like he looks at his team and he's like, I am going to be the reason you win or lose this football game. Yeah. And there was very little in between, right? And I think, like, for him to be able to sit behind Breeze and learn, I'm all about that. Yeah. But at the same time, from your standpoint, because then you have Taysom Hill, who, from an outsider, um, like I have people going like, because he was on a, he was on the Packers, right there. So he was, some, and everyone gets on my case of like, well, we shouldn't have let Taysom Hill go. And I look at it, and I'm like, he he doesn't throw the ball. Like, and and there was a lot of hype around Taysom Hill. So. Mm-hmm. If we're looking at this as the last dance and we're looking at next year as like part due or like a, a do-over, like a renewal, a renaissance, if you will, mm-hmm. who's the guy? Is it Taysom Hill or is it Jameis Winston? Right now, like if Drew Brees didn't exist, it'd be yes. Taysom Hill. But there's also been no OTAs. I mean, again, Taysom has improved greatly as a passer in three years. Uh, and to the point where when he was in Green Bay, Things like full-field reads were not his thing. Mm-hmm. He, he was limited to half-field reads and maybe layer concepts where there's one or two targets. He progressed through one or two. If that is not there, then run. Now he's to the point where he can actually do a full four- to five-man route read across the field. Yeah. He's gotten to that point. And I'm not saying that he's going to, you know, if he starts next year, everybody's going to be shocked. Oh, my God, he's a top ten. <laughs> I don't know that. But I will say that as a quarterback, he has actually improved a good deal. Being with Drew Brees and Sean Payton for three years is obviously going to help that. And, you know, you, you saw what they did with Teddy Bridgewater last year, 5-0 and with Teddy. And, and that's not to knock Teddy, but no. nobody's going to put Teddy on the higher echelon of quarterbacks, yet he had, you know, a, a pretty nice string for not yeah. have, having started for three years. Most and that was with the offense. So, I mean, yeah, I think Taysom could come in and be a, a competent player. And he also adds a bit of, you know, you know, levity to the situation because it's sure. kind of funny to see a running quarterback that's like he to me is a throwback from like 1950s football like bring back the wing tee and let Taysom run it but <laughs> truthfully it. he has improved as a quarterback and it's gonna be interesting to see but I still call him tight end number two yeah he is one of the best receivers that you don't know about in the game I just they don't use him enough yeah he's consistently a dominant playmaker as a receiver and as a runner he just gets like five touches a game yeah I, I love how they utilize him too because it, it, it is unexpected, right? Like, he, he, I, I agree that they don't utilize him a ton. But the way that they, you know, either even it's just like a motion or whether like he's just lining up on a completely different side of the field. I love that he literally can line up anywhere. And I'm just like, yeah, okay, cool. Like, the defense has to be like, oh, shit, like he's back on the field again. Okay. Yeah. Because I will say that this has also brought in another avalanche of questions because when the Green Bay Packers drafted Jordan Love in the 2020 draft, Mm -hmm. the number one question by far, besides what the hell are we doing? The number one question (laughs) was, are we going to use Jordan Love like they use Taysom Hill? And I looked at that and I was like, that's a weird question. No, of course not. And then they kept coming and coming and coming to the point where I literally had to go, no, like we're we're not going to do that. He's going to sit on the bench and learn some football. You know what you do? You do that if you draft a quarterback in, like, the seventh round. Yes. Yeah. Uh, I'm sorry. And I'm not to be a hater here if you, you know, if that's what you envisioned him being. But, like, when I saw that, I was – my first thought was consistency for the man that's number one. Make him be consistent. Like, hey, dude, if you don't shape up, we know you can win 16 yeah. games by yourself. Yeah. Either do it. We find somebody who could be consistently good better than occasionally great. Ooh. Yeah. Ooh. 
Yeah. I like the... I like the I like the hot fiery takes that are raining down right now, and they're not even meant to be hot takes. It's just I mean, if you really look, yeah. if you are if you step away as a Packers fan and sure. really look at Aaron Rodgers' talent yeah. versus his career, mm-hmm. there's way too many games that make you go, he could have done so much better. Now, defense still cost him plenty. Sure, coaching is debatable. Sure, mm-hmm. sure, but I'm I see Aaron Rodgers as a world class talent at quarterback. Okay. So I expect world-class results. But at the same time, if we're talking about that, you know, wins aren't a QB stat. They're not, but I'm not just talking about. I'm talking about overall play. Yeah, I'm talking about, look, and if you want to use analytics, use analytics. Look at completion percentage above expectation. Look at EPA. Mm -hmm. Look at, you know, hell, just look at fourth quarter, you know, game-winning drives, which Drew Brees has the most blown game-winning drives of any quarterback ever mm-hmm. look at all that for him and then look at how he leads the league and when he leads the league he leads the league in key stats very rarely he's actually only led the league in qbr once aaron Rodgers has led the league in qbr once he's had the league in qb rating twice i see aaron Rodgers as the guy who should be fighting for that every single year and he still has some fantastic years i'm not saying he doesn't sure, but sure. When I see Aaron Rodgers has hit his best, like a 2011, even 2014, yeah. even last year was a really good year, just not as good as TD numbers that you would probably hope for. Sure. I want to see him be that all the time. Mm. Like with Drew Brees, Drew Brees has been Drew Brees all the time. He's the gunslinger who's the most accurate gunslinger of all time. Yeah. Yeah, he's going I mean, to throw double-digit interceptions, but he's also going to be the most accurate quarterback in the league. He's also going to throw 30 TDs. Yeah, he is what he is, and he's consistent about it. A Rod's well, not consistent. His accuracy too, well, like ranks like what 70 percent, like constantly, right? Like yeah, it, it's pretty exactly. damn consistent. Um, A Rod's not. A Rod might be 63 one year. He might be 69 the next. He's all over the place. So, would you put that then on? Aaron Rodgers, and I know we're not like the onus on him solely, but what I mean is yeah. that like there, the narrative that goes around, and and I, I debunked this narrative because it's it's stupid of just like mm-hmm. oh you know he has I think he's thrown like one touchdown or something to like a first rounder like you know something like that and it was like it, it like it's some stupid crap and I was like that's stupid because you have Devonte Adams you have Jordy Nelson you have Randall Cobb yeah. plenty of great second round talent that you yeah. can get there I don't care about that but I think it like at some point the way and like we can get into this. Mm-hmm. Uh, the idea of Aaron Rodgers and Mike McCarthy, right? You look at the 2010 season. Yeah, like we'll, we'll go way back. The 2010 season, they win the way Super back. Bowl that year. Yeah, that's going way back. Because like, it, there really is a narrative there. Because mm-hmm. 2010, we have an amazing defense that like gets injured, but they are ball hawks. They're constantly around the ball. They do really, really well. Rodgers mm-hmm. is playing some damn good football as well. Then you have 2011, in which a lot of those defensive stars leave. They get injured. You have, like, a Nick Collins goes. Charles Woodson, you know, he, he, he's on his way out. Yeah. Um, you know, a Jermichael Finley eventually gets hurt, and, like, that takes away a big weapon for him. But that offense is still amazing, right? Like, they mm-hmm. go 15 and 1, what have you. And then I feel like, for a while, the, you're right with, like, the 2012, 2013 years. They're not bad, obviously. Like, we're still in contention, what have mm-hmm. you. But I feel like there's also so much missing from the rest of that team. The offense remains relatively intact without a run game, you know, because, like, we never replace Ryan Grant until Eddie Lacy, and then Eddie Lacy drops off. And then, you know, we have Ty Montgomery back there. James Starks is back there for a while. Like, we, we, we messed around with that. And I feel like with Rodgers, though, there have been very few years where he's had a team around him where he doesn't have to do it all himself. And I mm-hmm. feel like 2016 is a perfect example of that. Because the run the table year, that's Aaron Rodgers. Like, Mm -hmm. if you're talking about, like, seeing as close to perfection as you can get, that's Aaron Rodgers. He literally willed that team to the playoffs, to the NFC Championship game, and then got blown the hell out in the NFC Championship game. MVP level play. I agree. Yeah. But that's what I expect every year. Can you, though? Yes. (laughs) Like, I know these people are human. But you look at other great quarterbacks. Look at Brady. Look at Brady. Look at his people he's played side-by-side with. Consistency. Even when Breeze had the worst defense in the NFL, he was still the same statistically he Hmm. always is. One thing that I love about Rodgers is when he's at his peak, you look at 16, you look at 2011, 9% of his 2011 passes were TDs. Mm -hmm. That's stupid. Mm -hmm. Drew Brees' highest in his career is 7%, and he's Mm -hmm. done it once. 
Yeah. Rogers has done it like five times. Yeah. So when Rogers is at his height, at his peak, when he is confident in himself, like when he is the biggest narcissist to rival only the Cheeto that's in office, sorry, political comment, he is the best player in the game. But I expect you to be the best every year until you hit a point where you fall off. Yeah. And, it, and it's fascinating because like the narrative became like about McCarthy, right? And like how McCarthy basically, and I talked about this with like Ryan Grant, like handed Rodgers the keys. Yeah. And he was like, here you go. And then was surprised when he just did everything himself. Like, because yeah. there was a few years where it literally was just Aaron Rodgers. And mm-hmm. when Aaron Rodgers went down, that team did not do well. Like, they, that team just sucked. And there was plenty of years that Aaron Rodgers made us look a lot better than we actually were. I would say I mean, 2016 is one of those years. Mm-hmm. And I feel like you, you bring up last year in which for one of the first times, we have a great running offense, right? Aaron Jones is a freaking monster. We have a more competent defense in the sense of, like, our run defense is still garbage. But, like, the passing defense, you know, getting after the quarterback, the QB pressures, Darius and Preston Smith are amazing. Secondary yeah. is pretty good and healthy. I feel like when it comes to consistency, it's almost not as needed for Aaron Rodgers anymore because for the first time in his career since like 2010, maybe arguably 2014 and last year, it's not like it's not Here's the thing on him, but you want to see it on him. It's more. not needed if you want him and the Green Bay Packers to just continue having good seasons. Mm. I always look at it from the paradigm of what makes this team a Super Bowl champion. Ooh. You know what makes the Packers Super Bowl champion? Aaron Rodgers playing out of his freaking mind. It doesn't matter if the defense is great. It, it, you do have to have a helping defense. But a middling Aaron Rodgers, an Aaron Rodgers who is just kind of coasting through, who's not doing bad, but he's just kind of there. Like a 2010, can even yeah. go to like 13, where he's just being there. Mm-hmm. Not a Super Bowl champion Green Bay Packers. It's a playoff Green Bay Packers. You wait, 2010? Yeah, like going back to his sophomore season, essentially. Oh, I'm sorry. Oh, okay. Yeah, because 2010 when we won the bowl, and then yeah. – oh, you're talking about like – oh, so you're talking 09, like when he was going after yeah, like – Yeah, 09. Warner. 09. So my Packers numbers are not going to be as spot on year-wise as yours are. No, it's okay. It's okay. <laughs> no, no, no. I was like, I was but, like wait, wait, no, we did win. Because, like, the thing yeah. I point to is, like, I keep knew – mind, but, I'm only coming from a – I expect this because I see Aaron Rodgers yes. as should be the best quarterback. I'm not – it's not like I treat everybody like this. Like, I'm not looking <laughs> at Jared Goff going, dude. Listen, what, what are you, you doing? doing <laughs> yeah, it's like I'm looking at Sean McVay going, dude, what are you doing? I look at Aaron Rodgers, and I see the potential for literally the best quarterback ever. Mm. So because of that, I hold him to a way higher standard. That makes standard. sense. We- oh, listen, I'm not hating. Absolutely not. Yeah. And, like, and that's the thing, too. Packers like, fans are going, like, what is with this guy? They're, like, <laughs> flipping desks right now. They're, like, jump down his throat, Tom. <laughs> um, but am I like, uh, truthfully, as a Packers fan, do you not see Aaron Rodgers as a guy who can single-handedly take you to the conference finals oh, yeah. like he's done oh yeah exactly because so if he can do easy. that single-handedly yes. then he should be able to with a good team win a super bowl if we're looking at it from a very generic black and white yeah thing. i feel like if we're but you get what i'm saying from i understand what you're saying when yeah. he's playing at his pinnacle and i think he started off the season getting his second year with matt lafleur this year he's hitting that pinnacle with a mm-hmm. good team mm-hmm. aaron Rodgers is a super bowl mvp year-long mvp type player yeah. I just think I, he should do that every year, not every, every three years. I, <laughs> I get you. Because, like, you know, obviously it's tough, too, because, like, 28 – so 2017, he gets injured, you know, after it the is. Minnesota game, so that's gone, yeah. right? 2018, he's hurt from week one. And he, like mm-hmm. – you know, that was, like, one of the first – I think that was the first season besides, like, you know, 2008 where – he was our starter for every game, and yet we still didn't make the playoffs, right? Because, like, he's playing hurt. That was a struggle. He only threw, like, 24 touchdowns that year. Yeah, it was, like, I mean, yeah, it was, yeah, it was something like that. The team wasn't very good. No, and they he would, But, like, I realize that you have a lot of those scenarios. But let me ask you this question. Yeah. We're both not Patriots fans. But we both are, I feel, yes. pragmatic enough to look at Tom Brady as one of the greatest ever. 100%. Should Tom Brady have as many more MVPs over Aaron Rodgers that he does? I think Aaron Rodgers is a better quarterback. I do too. Yeah. I got into a lot of fights about this. Like, I think that that's probably my most disliked video that I put out like three years ago. I mean, like and I actually, I mean, if you right now, if you're building a super team and you look at it from a talent perspective, yes. only talent. Yes. Which quarterback would you rather have? Yeah, it's Aaron Rodgers all day. A prime day. actually doing amazing Aaron Rodgers yep. or a prime doing amazing Tom Brady. You take Aaron yep. Rodgers. And, 
And I think like, you know, you touched on this before, which I, I, I got into this conversation literally with Zach Schaumler yesterday and talking about systems, right? And systems mm -hmm. that you create. You talk about Taysom Hill, how he is in this system, right? With Sean Payton and Drew Brees. And so because that he is able to improve, right? You look at a Patriot system, which arguably is like one of the most consistent, stables mm -hmm. and great systems that there are in the league. And I think I, I just find it so fascinating that you have a Jimmy Garoppolo, right? You have a Matt Castle, you have a Tom Brady, and now a Cam Newton who can go into that system and succeed. Mm -hmm. That to me is fascinating. And Tom Brady, by the way, himself has said, if Rodgers was playing on the Patriots in that system, he would have like nine Super Bowl rings. And I don't necessarily disagree with him. Yeah. But for you, as someone who is, you know, a scout analyzing film, how much do you put into a system over a player? You know, what do you think plays a bigger role in an overall, like, career or overall success? For a player that lasts, say, a decade more in the league. Yeah. That is player. Most players entering the league can be schemed into having good games or even having good short careers. Sure. If a player has a long career, that means he's generally going to be scheme universal. Mm -hmm. and he's talented enough to continue playing no matter what he's going through. I mean, uh, and there's some – of course there are those players who spend 10 years on one team. But, I mean, look at a Frank Gore. Mm -hmm. Frank Gore, and yeah. never in his point in his career, at any time has been the best running back in any given year. Mm -hmm. But he's still one of the best running backs of all time because he's played and dominated in multiple systems and has still managed to play today. Adrian right. Peterson is one of the greatest of all time, but it's still the same way. Yep. The dude is still averaging like six yards of carry right now with the Detroit freaking Lions. Yes. Offensive line made of paper mache yes. and a couple of tripods. <laughs> I mean, so all of it, no offense, Detroit Lions. You're a little bit better than that. I'm sorry. But um, Not I mean, much. all of this in mind, <laughs> all of this in mind, I mean, yeah. So you look at the players, specifically, you look at what they do well and you kind of equate that to almost a number value, mm -hmm. you know, a good, best, great, that type of thing, or, or sure. a one through 10 scaling. You look at a guy like Rodgers, he's probably going to have an 8 to a 10 on his ranking on every category, whether it be arm strength, whether it be mental processing, you know, uh, play strength, the ability to fight through injuries, things like that. Even though he's had some gruesome injuries and missed time, I feel, still think his play strength and you know, his ability to fight through contact and his ability to play on the field through hurt is really high. Yeah. You know, great respect for all that and everything. So, I mean, yeah, as a scout and everything, when you look at a player like Rodgers, it's player. Then you look at other guys, it is scheme. Depends on what it is. I mean, there are some players who are even great players who are very scheme-specific players. I mean, you look at Michael Thomas. Yes. He is one of the best receivers in the NFL, but he is a dominant West Coast split in. Mm -hmm. If you asked him to run an Air Coriel vertical system, he could do it, but would he still be the most dominant receiver in the NFL? Yeah. Probably not. Yeah. I mean, DeAndre Hopkins and Thomas both run the exact same 40. They can both be dominant downfield. But are they ever going to be better at a downfield pass than Julio Jones? Probably not. It's just a different style of receiver. They're still great, but sure. that's where scheme comes into great players. So how does it maximize them? You know, you look at Tom Brady. One thing I'm planning to watch this year is how well does he mesh with Bruce Arians because he has played his entire career running the Earhart Perkins system with Bill Belichick. How does he adjust to a system that is notorious for first-year quarterbacks being turnover heavy and – I'm pretty sure, somebody can correct me if I'm wrong, a completely different verbiage that Arians runs mm -hmm. from Bill Belichick. He does not run the Earhart Perkins play calling Yeah, I'm pretty system. sure it's different, yeah. So, and for all those wondering what I'm talking about, there are three main ones. You've got the Earhart, you've got the West Coast, you've got Coriel. It's like West Coast verbiage, you know, spider 2 Y banana. And then you have just, then you have like Sean McVay who runs a very condensed play calling system. So all of that actually matters. I mean, if yeah. you actually watch some, some of my favorite NFL things to watch are like training camp videos of teams where coaches are eviscerating their quarterbacks because they can't yeah. get play calling right because yep. the, especially West coast coaches, because they'll be giving them like a paragraph with the most complex, like 300 syllable play calls. Yep. And like, why can't you call this play? <laughs> Dude, I got here two months ago. <laughs> yeah. It's like, it's, this is like literally my master's thesis that you're asking yeah, me exactly. to call like before. And it's funny you bring that up too. And Packers fans should be aware of that because when LaFleur came in, Rogers had plenty of interviews and he's just like, I don't, 
I, I don't know. Like, because it's yeah. so different. He was under McCarthy for so long, and LaFleur comes in and completely changes it. Completely changes it. And he's like, I don't, I don't know if I'm ever going to be able to get all of it. Yeah, exactly. It's a big change when you spend 10 years in one thing and then like, hold yep. up. Calm down. Look yeah. at this. What do you think? Well, <laughs> you better like it because you're running it. Because <laughs> this is what we're doing now. And we yeah. talked about it, how, you know, LaFleur coming in, I think, you know, it's kind of like, common now but like the Packers overachieved last year and what I mean by that is like you know the floor coming in a lot of the times when they were down or their backs were against the wall they regressed to the Mike McCarthy play style which is sometimes that worked okay. and sometimes they got kicked yeah. in the teeth I mean because it's changed. like for example I mean you fans listen out there and this is not meant to demean any fans football knowledge but if yeah. I say right now jump falcon right nasty nose alt slide 36 base kill 322 sticky oscar do you know what the heck I just said? Gotcha. Hold on. <laughs> <laughs> that uh, and what I just rattled off, that's one of the kill calls from the 2015 Saints playbook. But do you, do most people know what any of that means? No. That was one verbiage run. Yeah. But what, what I did is I just told you the blocking assignment. I told you the, the route combinations. I told you everything this team is running. I told you the steps that the Oscar, which is going to be your split, uh, your flanker receiver is going to run before his break so all of that matters and when you completely yeah. change everything you just did it yeah. takes time yeah takes absolutely time. and that's what i'm saying like and you just mentioned this before like the fact that it's now year two that rogers just gets to like sit down and be like okay let's do it again like let's go through it again let's go yeah. through the progression like the baby and i think you see that on the field right and and i think you know obviously again it's just two weeks we're not going to overblow anything but you know rogers sure. And maybe to this point, you know, you talk about his risk-taking downfield now. Like, he seems to be more mm -hmm. confident in the deep ball, whereas of last yeah. year and the past two years, it really was seldom, right? It wasn't happening a whole lot. And I think, you know, that just that familiarity is there at least a lot more than it was last year. 100%. Like you were saying, like, that makes a big, big deal. It is. And it was funny. You come into this year, and y'all had the same way. So y'all don't, don't come at me for doubting. But everybody was like – are the Packers receivers going to be good enough? Like, mm -hmm. can Alan Lazard take us all the way? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it, no, I mean, I, I think Alan's already got like 100 yards receiving, so he's doing well. But, you know, Devontae Adams being a key cog of that. But that, that goes back to what I see in terms of what I see in Aaron Rodgers, which I yeah. see a quarterback who can elevate receiver play when he's playing at a high level and when he's yeah. dominating the system he's in, which is what he's doing now. Yeah. He can make Alan Lazard look like a good great receiver whether or not he is or not i'm just throwing out the name because he's sure, a, sure sure uh, i could be saying saying the same thing about uh, what jamal williams just jamal mbs yeah no i get yeah. you yeah so all of that in mind yeah i think that uh the offensively you should see the packers contend for being the best offense in the nfl this year the, the question yeah. with the packers is not gonna be the offense it's the defense yeah especially the front seven which i think <sighs> yeah. is not of the teams that I consider Super Bowl contenders, they probably have the weakest front seven in the NFL. Of the Super Bowl contenders. Mm -hmm. See, the, the problem is, is like, again, you have a guy like Kenny Clark, right, who's amazing. I, I think Kenny Clark is phenomenal, one of the best nose tackles in the league. Mm -hmm. And, you know, with Kenny being out, you know, he missed this, this past Sunday. I was like, oh, crap, because then you rely on guys yep. like Dean Lowry, Tyler Lancaster, Montrevious Adams is hurt. Um, mm -hmm. Kingsley Kiki, like these aren't household names for yeah. basically anyone unless you're a Packers fan. Um, the biggest yeah, name that, I actually like on that list is Zadarius Smith. I'm expecting. Oh, I love Z. I love Zadarius Smith. But yeah, like you said, even with some of those names, I like. I still might like yeah. a piece or two. But is it? Do I like it as much as say just a few years ago when it was sure. Mike Daniels in his prime and, yeah. and Clay was still pretty good and. Nope, I prefer that a few years ago. So, so. I think what's going to be the make or break for that front seven is you have obviously the Smith brothers who did really, really well last year. Like they were Smith phenomenal brothers. last year. Nice. Yeah, they're I not like related, that. but it's great. I the, like so the, the Smith brothers. But then you have Rashawn Gary, who, mm -hmm. you know, 12th overall pick last year, didn't get a ton of playing time because one, he was transitioning, you know, he played more mm -hmm. you know, defensive end. He's going to outside linebacker. Um, you have that and everyone was calling him a bust. If he is able to do well, which he has played very well in these past two weeks, he did really well out this past Sunday, I think got a sack and a half, got a few QB pressures. If he's mm -hmm. able to play really well, I think that's going to be one of the keys to if that defense is going to take that next step. Because a lot of people are worrying about the run defense, and rightfully so, and rightfully so. 
You know, because there's our, one advantage the Saints have Sunday night. It's yes, to be running the football. And that's the thing. I'm not as concerned with like Drew Brees. I'm worried about Kamara and Latrevious Murray. Like Murray, I'm more, I'm worried about both of those guys yeah. more than I am Drew Brees. And that's not a knock on Drew Brees, but I'm looking at it as like our secondary is pretty solid. I'm, a, I'm yeah. I mean Kevin King and Jari Alexander. I, yeah, I think it might be the most undertalked duo. Yes, in the NFL. Just, just to give props. And I love Jari because he chirps so much. Oh, I love it. Love that. And, and he, what I love about Jari, like, he, hit, he hits people. Like, he he's does. one of those guys, like, he will destroy it. But what I, I, I think, don't know if he's still playing at 30 years old, but right now he's really freaking good. <laughs> like, wait, Jair? Yeah. Oh, oh yeah. You just because of how physical he is. I, yeah. I was, oh, if he's playing, yes. Oh, I know. Yeah. I, I, I he's going to knock himself onto the bench or something. If he yeah, he's down. like, well, it was a good, it was a good time while we had it. The yeah. the thing that stands out to me is like Kevin King for years. For Packers fans hated him, hated him because we, he was a second round pick. You know, yeah. he was always injured. He was never on the field. He like, and when he was on the field, he was the guy who was running to catch up to the receiver. But last year, he came on, especially near that end mm-hmm. of the season, he came on strong. And I think that, you know, with both of them, yes, they are definitely, definitely undervalued and not talked about enough. And then you go back to the safeties, too. Savage Amos. had a great rookie season last year. And you have Amos, who I'm a big fan of. Yeah. Amos is good. Savage has one of the best safety names in the, in the league. So that helps. They were going to give him number 21, but they didn't. They were going to give him jersey number 21, and it'd be 21 Savage. And I was like, you did it. Like, this, it's perfect. And then they didn't. I was like, the people making those decisions wouldn't have called that reference anyway. So, no, definitely not. (laughs) The team would have, like, dude, I can't imagine the team TikToks over that. That would have been hilarious. But yeah, I mean, secondary, I think that there's a great young group in the secondary. Yeah. For Green Bay it's just like I said, it goes back to the front seven, which actually plays in the saints hands because what are they dominant at right now? The short game, whether it's passing or running. Yes. Green plays, short crossing patterns, you know, running mesh concepts to force rub routes over the middle of the field that really going to trouble the linebackers and the nickelback. The saints have a huge advantage there, even without Michael Thomas. Yes. So while I do think that, yeah, green Bay could easily shut down deep threats like Marquise Calloway, who's, you know, our young deep threat or Trey Quan Smith. Yeah. You probably can. Good thing that's not where our bread and butter is. Correct. So that's what's going to make the matchup so interesting is how the defense is built would actually be great if you're going against Kansas City. It's yeah. not built great going against New Orleans. So, yeah. And I'm, I got to say, like, one of the biggest concerns I have for Sunday is, like, Jared Cook, right? Yeah. Because, like, the Packers, they struggle against tight ends. You know, Hawkinson had a good game. Didn't have an amazing game, but had a good game. Like, I look at how you guys struggled, like, with Waller. I'm looking at that with Jared Cook of, like, crap <laughs> like I, yeah. I hope it I hope it's not that again um because again it, it comes down to especially those inside linebackers you have Kirksey who, who's back there who's brand new to the system um and then we have a bunch of like just young guys back there with not a lot of experience and it, and yeah. it's a little terrifying but with all that in mind I mean what are you looking at you know when it comes to Saints versus Packers and what's going to stand out to you as of like what's going to push one team over the edge of over another. The easiest way I handle matchups is I start with player talent versus player talent. Ooh. And then I move to scheme. So like, for example, I look at the offensive line and I look, is there anybody who can directly take on starting with the strongest points, Armstead and Ramchek. While I do think Zadarius Smith is tremendous, mm-hmm. he's best attacking inside. So I'm going to say, no, the Packers have nobody who can dominate against the exterior pass defense of the Saints. Mm. There is potential for interior pass rush. Now, when it comes to the flip side of that, run blocking, I think the Saints should, in theory, dominate as a run blocking unit against this team. So then I go, all right, so I look talent, offensive line versus defensive line. The only real threat I see is interior pass rush, especially if the Packers use stunts and stuff with uh, Smith and bring him inside against like Nick Easton, who was a backup last year filling in while our rookie gets acclimated because there was no OTAs, no mini camps. Yeah, it's just, hey, buddy, you're starting now. (laughs) Yeah, we've got a rookie trying to catch up. So, I mean, that's the only potential that I see. Of course, it could, it's, you know, these sure. are professional football are, teams, so it, it can flip. I mean, y'all could come in in the front seven look like the freaking 5'2 <laughs> Bear Dome Patrol. Uh, I, I don't know what's going to happen, but right now, offensive line, obviously better. You know, and you look at Drew Brees, even at this point of career, what he dominates at, the short intermediate parts of the field and using things like the Yankee concept to open up the middle of the field against a cover three. I yeah, I think that. 
that's where the Saints have an advantage. Mm-hmm. Corners versus our receivers, your corners are better. Your safeties are better because you know, we're still probably going to miss Michael Thomas. Mm-hmm. But the scheme, offense versus defense, our scheme should be better. I mean, this has the potential to be a very nice, fun shootout in the Dome with no crowd, so Aaron Rodgers can just play to his heart's content. And an interesting point was actually brought up by Peyton this week where where there is no crowd, help from the sidelines is even more prevalent for both teams. Like, coaches can see something and literally yell from the sideline, and you actually hear it now. You can hear it now, yeah. Like, you don't need your Mike linebacker being the quarterback of the defense, seeing everything, you know, look – I know LaFleur is not a defensive guy, but LaFleur can see something and be like, whoa, hey, right there. They're, yeah. they're about to run this. We saw that in film study, and then that play gets called. And Sean Payton talked about it being a thing. And that it's these little things that have changed this year that have made the game a little bit different. Yeah. But yeah, I mean, offensively, I think even Packers fans be like, yeah, Saints offense better than Packers defense. It's how much can the Packers delay the Saints offense? Yeah. So. Yeah. No, I, I think – it's one of those games that I look at and th- that's the first thing you're like, Oh, it's gonna be a shootout, right? Like it, it's going to be like a back and forth. What was that? 2011. Potential. Yeah. I think it was 2011 when we played, like you, I think we opened up with you guys at Lambeau. I think that was like Randall Cobb's first game. He like ran it back. Or, uh, um, I think so. Cause that's uh, that's also the game that Darren Sproles took like a punt return back and yes. Mark Ingram got stopped at the one yard line. We the Saints would have won the game if Mark Ingram scores or not. I mean, it's one of those like, you hate when your team loses, but it's such a good game. You're like, you know what? It could have gone either way, and I enjoyed this. Yeah. So. Yeah, you didn't lose. You just ran out of time. Like it's like yeah. it. Yeah, I I I like it. I dig it. Yeah, I'm I'm so happy when I saw that this was the Sunday night football game because I think this is going to be mm-hmm. one hell of a game. It's going to be phenomenal. For sure. Um, and and I and I I'm kind of hoping that Michael Thomas is back. I know that like he's just because. For, I know, like, I'm hoping as much as full strength yeah. that either of us can get at. Like, I hope Kenny Clark is back. I hope Michael Thomas is back. Yeah. I hope Devontae Adams, because, you know, he's dealing with a nagging injury. You know, I hope they're all back. Because, like, it's one of those things that I don't know how many more times we're going to see this, right? It might be the last time, like you're saying, of seeing, like, Drew Brees versus Aaron Rodgers unless we meet in the playoffs. So, mm-hmm. you know, I just want I just want, I want to send it to bed the right way. <laughs> I, mean, I definitely feel that, you know, and – I will say that we've had some great games historically. I mean, the last two times y'all have come have both been in the Dome. One of those, uh, Rodgers went out early, and that mm-hmm. was a big – I'm trying to remember who came in. What year was it? Two, the, what was that, 2014 Rodgers got hurt in the game and then had to go out, I think. I'm trying to think of who our backup was. That wasn't Seneca Wallace, was it? No, it wasn't Wallace. It was a – I'm just going to pull up the box score because now I want to know. Yeah. Like that's it's a problem. I'm trying to think of all the backups. Uh, okay, so it wasn't 2014 and Rodgers played the whole game that year, that game. Uh, he just, just had a bad game, which is uncharacteristic of Rodgers. Goes back to my point. Rodgers <laughs> – the 2014 defense, which was one of the worst Saints defenses of all time, Aaron Rodgers has two interceptions and three sacks. So, like everyone uh, but, predicted. But it, yeah, exactly. But anyway, and there's just one year, a couple years ago, uh, y'all came to the dome. Aaron Rodgers got hurt, and we managed to win. And maybe it was 17. I don't remember. But this has been a really nice head-to-head. I think A Rod is two and two versus the Saints, and then the Saints are like four and two the past six matchups. Mm-hmm. So it's been a very nice back and forth between the two. So, uh, Brett Hundley. Oh, you know, I was so going to say A-Rod Hundley. didn't play that game. He missed, and it was Brett Hundley. Yeah. Oh, Brett. He did terrible. Oh, uh, oh no. I know. Like, <laughs> Brett, I was going to say Hunt, I have a Huntley jersey because someone sent it to me as a joke. Um, like, I was going to say Brett Hundley, but I'm like, I, I can't. I don't remember the year. He went 12 for 25 for 87 yards and an interception. And I feel like that was one of those things. Was that 2018? 17. 17. Okay. I feel like that was one of the things that like slowly and continuously pushed McCarthy out the door because Huntley was hyped so hard by McCarthy. Yeah. And like, and that's the thing too. When they actually saw the field, they gave him like nothing to work with. Like they gave him like no throwing like play calls. Like, you just say it was like 25 yeah. throws. Like yeah. they gave him nothing to work with. They were just like handed off, handed off, try throwing on third down. Okay, cool. He was bad. He was he was not a good football player. Yeah. Shout out Brett Hundley wherever you're at. And you're still better than I am. He was on, at quarterback. Um, he was on the Cardinals, I want to say last year. And didn't he lead them back to like beat who was it? He like, had I think he he appeared in three games, but he only threw the ball like eleven times last year. So. I want to say he like led a comeback against But him. he was in yeah. um I think it was with Arizona. the Cardinals last year. Yeah. So. Go Brett Huntley. 
That yeah. bubblegum chewing son of a gun. Yes. Oh, what a, man, what that, a great that, that rabbit trail we just went down. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I mean, I think it's been some really great matchups between the two. And obviously your first thought is shootout. And yeah. if you look at historically, there have been some shootouts between mm-hmm. these two teams and it's been a lot of fun to watch. The only thing I, I might flip on is you, you look at the Saints offense and how they are now. They are a team that can score 30, but they'd rather score like 27. Yeah. I mean, they have gone more to a traditional West Coast. Uh, I mean, back in the day, uh, a decade ago, I would say they were a great mix between an Air Coriel and a West Coast. They could dominate short, but they love to push the field. Yeah. The push the field is is not near as often. I mean, you might get two or three shot attempts a game, if that, with the Saints now. So that means they play a slower, more – we're going to beat you by having 13 play drives yeah. instead of you – know, and a big one that comes to memory, you, you mentioned Taysom Hill. We played the Ravens the year before Lamar's rookie year, so two years ago. And we had like a 15-play, 10-minute drive down to their one and then fumbled it. Still won the game. But that's what the play style has kind of evolved to. It was a toss play uh, that gets fumbled uh, of all the things. But, I mean, that, so when you talk about high scoring, it has the potential yeah. for that. But the Saints offense has also kind of changed to actually yeah. being a lot what the Raiders are, where Gruden runs. They want to have long drives that bleed you to death because the Saints ran five offensive plays in the third quarter Monday night. Wow. That is their goal is that's how their defense is good because they get you out quick and then let the offense run. The, and what you just said too, like that also like opens up the door for it to be like a pretty low scoring game where there's not a ton of possessions because you look at, you know, the first game this year with the Vikings and the Packers, the Packers, you know, the, the last three-fourths of that game, it was long, sustained drives that ended Mm -hmm. in touchdowns. They definitely ended in touchdowns. And the Vikings would go. It would take, like, three plays, and they would score a touchdown. And then we would drag it out again and score again. So if you have those two type of style offenses going at each other, like, this might be a, we're only going to see the ball so many times, we just have to score touchdowns every time we do. do. Yeah, like, I mean, just looking at, like, since 2006, we've fought six times. Saints have gone four and two, but of those games, one of us scored uh, 34 or more points. One, two, three, four, five, uh, five times. So yeah, there have been some low scoring bouts, but there's also been a lot of like, somebody's going to score a lot of points. Yeah. You know, so it's, and I hate that we're riding both sides of the road right now. Like this could be a shootout, but, but it could, it could <laughs> be low scoring. So, but that's like, that's the fun thing about like, two weeks into a season is you truly yes. don't know what these teams are yet. Like yeah. you brought up the Minnesota game. It's hard for me to watch that game and get good analysis for previewing versus the saints because it's a divisional game. Yes. Divisional games are completely different they mean nothing. than regular. I mean, y'all see each other twice a year. You hate each other. You know each other better than anybody else. Those games are not the same. Like how you script your first 15 plays against Minnesota are not how you're going to script versus New Orleans. No, no. Because no. there's more of an unfamiliarity there. What are the Saints going to do if I come out in third and seven and, and you know, five wide? What are they going to do? Mm-hmm. I don't know, but I know exactly what the Vikings are going to do. Yeah. So it's, it's tough, especially hitting into week three. Like these teams really have no idea what each other's going to do yet. No. No, I, I think you're, you're 100% accurate. And I mean, I will say I am. I, I try to be. It's, yeah, it's my goal. But we're going to still ride this right down the middle of, right down the divider, 100%. This is the best podcast you've ever listened to. Absolutely. Best. You just be like, listen, Aaron Rodgers could have an MVP season this year. Or, or according to Juice, he's not going to try. And then yeah, <laughs> he's going to be so Jay Cutler. He only throws 25 God, touchdowns. Like that comparison is just like destroying the inside of me right but here, now. But the others I bring it up, because we all know Jay Cutler, talented, not near as world-class, but lazy as all get out. I like, he never- would literally throw the ball and walk off the field before the pass is even completed. He would literally just throw it and be like, yeah, it's incomplete. I'm gone. <laughs> Go back when he was on the Dolphins, there was like a viral video that like there was a clip where I think he was supposed to block or something. Or he was, supposed to, he was like lined up as a receiver. And like, yeah. he was just like, it's one of those you put the sad me yeah. like, like, I feel like Jay Cutler would be the guy who's like putting out his cigarette while he's in the huddle <laughs> like, yeah, exactly. he was I mean, like I was taking a drag on the sideline <laughs> look Jay had the potential to be a very very good quarterback but he would just have 
you really question like why did he come out of retirement do you really want to play football or like are you short of money on like your lambo collection (laughs) like what why did you come back into the league i mean but it's that same like ability to be absent-minded in a game that i see in a rod too often because i I just see a rod as a guy that i in my mind he does 30 40 for 350 and three tds every game like i expect that from him every single game and maybe that's a high expectation but when i see him as talent wise maybe the best that's ever done it yeah i have that expectation so when he doesn't do that (laughs) he gets raked over the coals yes he is playing terrible Worst QB does I've it, seen. Doesn't matter if Tyrod Taylor would kill for his stat line. We're really yeah. throwing Tyrod under the bus. Today. Yeah, sorry about your Tyrod buddy. right now. He's sitting there and he's yeah. just like, guys, like, come Team on. Team doctor, like, the dude's got his full gear on. Like, I'm going to stick you with this big needle. Let me yeah. know if it hurts. <laughs> Oops, I missed. <laughs> it's like, even they're like, well, you never know if you're going to get the location right if you're on the field doing like, well, then don't do it on the field. Go with the freaking locker room. Yeah, like, the- there's a time and a place to get stabbed with a big needle. And I feel like maybe the field's not the place for that. That's maybe just, and again, listen, I, I don't work for the NFL. I'm not a team doctor. So maybe that's me speaking out of turn, but like, I think I'll say this, like there's a big problem in the NFL with the team placing their ability and revenue above player health and safety. Yes. And that's even at the NFL level. So I'm yes. not trying to call out Tyrod's team right now. Yeah, But the Saints have run into this, too. The Saints had a player that was literally practicing on a broken leg, and then somehow they missed it. And the coaches were getting on to him. Why are you not doing better? Well, the dude ended up having a broken leg the entire time. And somehow the medical team missed it. So there is a really bad problem among NFL teams where we got to – it's almost like they're playing NFL blitz, like on the old Xbox yeah. or whatever. Like, <laughs> just get him back on the field. Get him on in there. That's fine. He's, like, running yeah. the wrong way. The helmet's on backwards. He's just like, I got this. We're fine. <laughs> He's still better than that guy over there. Yeah, so <laughs> – yeah, so, yeah. It's, um, anyway, back to A-Rod. So, so get just, well soon, Tyrod. That, that's basically the antithesis well of this entire podcast. It's get well soon, Tyrod. <laughs> Exactly. Uh, and uh, shout out to everybody else we've thrown shade at from two guys who could never make it in the league. No, definitely. Definitely not. But Packers call me 100%. But Deuce, it, is, uh, it has been an absolute blast talking with you. I feel like we have, uh, we've done something here. Yeah. What we, it is? We still got to give predictions or something, don't we? Yes. Don't we? Or do you not do that? I mean, here's the thing. Okay. Like, are you talking about like numerical predictions in which we're just like, it's going to be 27 to 18 or are you just talking about who we think is going to win? Cause I usually do who the either going to win. Like I either. I mean, I just want to know, are we going like stereotypical? You're going to take your home team. I'm going to take my home team. Cause like, so I've done this for six years. In which it's fun I, doing that, by the way, because the fans can yeah. just go and blast me if you win and be like, ah, he doesn't know what he's talking about. He's an idiot. Don't ever have him on again. <laughs> <laughs> and all those things he said about Aaron Rodgers are gr- gr- enormously and grotesquely true. <laughs> I'm sure they're – please, if you were listening to this podcast, you go put on the iTunes review right now. I agree. Aaron Rodgers is sometimes lazy. Please, for me, I want at least one five-star review on this podcast that says, yes, A-Rod can be better. These YouTube comments are going to be brutal, my friend. <laughs> it, it's, it's, look, I'm used to it because I try to see things contextually. Yeah. And when you see a guy being better than another, you expect better things. Sure. You know, I am, I am full on the Josh Allen is not near as good as Bill's fans think he is trained. And I take heat for that too. So. I mean, I'd be careful with them. Like, they – those mafia don't mess around. I am worried about them coming and shanking me. I just, like, yeah. w- the next time we play the Bills, I just won't go to the game to cover no. it. I'll just do it from home. <laughs> yeah, 100%. You're like, I'm just going to cover this one from, from this. Yeah, city. guys, you don't have to worry about my expenses this trip. I'm just going to stay at home with the family. We, yeah. we have some special time together. Or something. <laughs> exactly. Don't you have a game? No, no, not no, today. No, no, no. Not today. No, 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 I didn't realize it. Okay. Right. Good thing I'm still in my Saints pajamas. Yeah, so. Uh, <laughs> I love it. All right. So in that case, yeah, let's do it. Because I find that, like, with predictions, like, it could go either way. Either one. Oh, here we are again. Middle of the road. No, 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 no. I'm not saying about, like, our team's <laughs> winning or that. No, 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 no. It's I'm a saying, tie. Like, I, I get fans <laughs> that come on here because, like, again, we play the Lions twice a year. I have Lions fans that are just like, oh, God. Tom, if we win, something has gone terribly wrong. <laughs> like something <laughs> went wrong if we're winning that football game. And then I have teams that are just like, oh, we're going to blow you the hell out. Like I find that there is almost no in-between. 
right? It's, mm. it's either we're going to blow you out of the water or we are going to get blown out of the water and that's it. So here's what I'll say when it comes to predictions because I am a very rude person and didn't let you go first and I realized that while I was saying this sentence. Oh, wow. I'm okay. a terrible person. I'm sorry. Bad host. Honestly, it's probably the worst. In the comments, please put a name for new podcast host. That's it. Hashtag please. new podcast host. That's it. <laughs> that's it. Just throw it. You can't have it without me. You can't. I, I got this shit trademarked, people. Anyway, so. Well, you trademarked yours? I did. I did. Man, I feel bad. I did. <laughs> Who that Confessional is not trademarked. <laughs> we actually get in trouble because it has the words Who that in it, and that has been a trademark controversy for so long. So. It's, I mean, you just do it first. It's fine. Just, just do it. Just, yeah, just do it. <laughs> Go back in time. I did it first. I it's there. fine. I did it. It's fine. It's fine. It's so, fine. Green Bay Packers, I feel like heading into this week, the amazing run uh, game that they had on display on this past Sunday, I'm all about it. Yeah. If Devontae doesn't play for some reason, I still think that they're going to win because of what they did with. No, no, no. And that's not I promise. I was, I was waiting for you to stay in the run game part. And you're just like, no, you know no, what? No, Devontae no. Adams. Because I was thinking Devontae about Adams. There was like four games last year where he was out, and it was like the best that the Packers looked all season because yeah. they fight. They they couldn't. They had to spread the ball around so much. So with that run defense, and if Devontae plays, I think they they have a really good chance of winning. And if Devontae doesn't play. I still think they have a good chance of winning. I agree yeah. with you that it's going to come down to that defense because your running game scares the ever-living crap out of me. So yeah. if we can stop the run with something, then the Packers will win. If we don't, it's going to be a little bit tighter. <laughs> yeah, it's, it, I just kind of see it from the opposite end. Like, the Saints haven't allowed a 100-yard rusher in something like three and a half years. Like, they are dominant against run. Even – not going to be mean, but, I mean, I would actually have the Raiders running back a little bit higher, but still both of them top. But if we held him to three yards of carry on, like, 27 attempts, it's the same idea. Our front seven has been dominant against the run for three years now. Yeah. So, you know, I, I look at my main matchup to watch is Marshawn Lattimore and Adams if he plays. Because Lattimore has a really bad problem of playing down to talent, but mm. then elevating when he's, oh, this guy's top. I got to be on my game. Mm. And then he comes up and, like, shuts down Mike Evans and Julio Jones. and yeah. But then he'll go and play, Who who's the Raiders receivers again? And then, yeah, that it looks terrible. So I, that's the main matchup is, is the connection from Rodgers to receivers there mm. based on how well the Saints secondary is playing. So you're saying that Lattimore is lazy. That's what I hear. Like, like, no, no. <laughs> I, I, full on. I have called him out for two years. He is terribly inconsistent. He goes from being the best corner in the yeah. NFL, analytically, yeah. to not. Like, <laughs> no, I'm That's just, poetic, by the way. You're just like, yeah, he's I, got it, and then you don't got it no more. <laughs> you don't got it no more. What, what happened, man? This, I don't know. I don't know. It's, but see, he'll even talk about this. He'll talk about himself doing this, like, in the offseason and training camp. And, I, like, he would take practices off and stuff. Yeah. And, like, he, he's, like, he's the Allen Iverson of the Saints. Like, he will be balls to the wall, the best quarter. You see one game, like, stepping over people, like, teabagging them on the sideline. Like, it's Call of Duty mobile. And then the next <laughs> week, like, a, a seventh rounder who's never made a catch in his life just caught a 40-yard bomb. Yeah, <laughs> Like, who is this guy? Oh, oh well, Marshawn's on him. So, come on. <laughs> so, so, yes, just like Aaron Rodgers, he has okay. a tendency to uh, – That hurt. You know what? Sure, and this is me not doing my homework, and I'm so sorry. This is all my fault. I'm going to ask <laughs> you a question that okay. I should know the answer to. Okay. A couple years back, uh, we traded in during the draft with the New Orleans Saints. You gave mm -hmm. us – a first round pick, which then we would eventually use. And I'm pretty sure we got Darnell Savage with that pick. I can't remember. I know he's, I think, defensive line. Who was that person? You mean Marcus Davenport? That's the one. Thank you. Yes. Okay. How has he been doing? Research team on point. I literally, I, I meant to ask that too. And I'm like, crap. I thought it was Davenport, but then I was just like, if I say this wrong, it's going to be even worse. So instead, I was just like, who is this? name a player we've never had. Like, was it Mario Edwards? Like, no. <laughs> like, was it that? I, I want to ask because that, it, like, it's, it's getting to around that time. Yeah. Was he worth that trade? Uh, yes and no. Um, he has not been healthy. Every year he's been injured. So that's a problem. 
Yeah. It's tough to blame that on a player, though. Sure, sure. When sure. he's been on the field, and you know, if anybody, just if you're curious, because if somebody comes on and says they're a scout, you probably should provide some proof. So if you want. I'll actually send you my scouting report of Marcus Davenport, Ooh. how I evaluated him. And you can see what I projected him to do years one, two, and three. Mm-hmm. Spot on. It's one of my best reports I've ever done. Very proud of myself. Yeah. Brush shoulders off. <laughs> big the head up. So, in terms of disappointment, no. He's projected and developed right where you thought he'd be. And when he's healthy, he's been dominant, especially coming into last year. Problem is health. And right now, he ain't healthy. He has not played yet. So we don't know if we're even going to see him right now because he's had an elbow issue. He's had a plantar fasciitis, which I know y'all probably heard plenty about when Jimmy Graham came to town. You know, it's get Doctor Scholes. Come on, yeah, ad nauseum. So that that's been issues for him. And like I said, it's tough to blame the player, but yeah. we don't even know if he's going to play Sunday. If he is, he changes the dynamic of the D line from a pass rushing standpoint because yeah. he makes particularly the twist and stunt game up front is way better. Because you can run it on the opposite side with Sheldon Rankins and Cameron mm-hmm. Jordan, and then you can run it with Anyamata and Davenport. And it just – and I think the Packers have a good O-line. You know, guys like Bakhtiari, best in the game. Oh, yeah. Still, having a first-round high-caliber type talent and athlete like Davenport changes. I don't even know if he's playing. Yeah. So, if not, it's going to be a way easier game for the Packers. Just a long-winded answer to your question, no clue if he's playing. <laughs> he's currently still listed as injured and not practicing. So Yeah. I want to know because, like, I I remember staying up, and I think I was streaming that draft, and I literally was just like, "Man, I can't wait for our pick," and we traded, and I was like, "Come on, man!" But then I saw what we got, and I was like, "Okay, never mind, we're fine." Yeah, it was worth it. Worth it. Okay, we got we got another first for that. That was that was good. Deuce, it's been a pleasure. It's been win, by the way. Again, Saints win, by the way. No, (laughs) (laughs) I was hoping you'd forget. And we yeah. were just going to, like, move on and say it's never going to happen. But you got Saints? Packers, definitely. I mean, I hate to do the middle of the road. I think both of these teams were high-end playoff teams. So, it goes out of the way. We'll see you each know, other soon. Yeah, I, I would be surprised. And if both teams don't look drastically different three months from now. Oh, 100%. 100%. Yeah, drastically different. But it already I mean, happens regularly from September to December. But now, like – but the reason I go Saints, it's very, very rare for them to have back-to-back losses, especially coming off this type of loss. Sean Payton mm-hmm. usually gets a special type of fire lit under his butt and comes out like a screaming demon. So only because of that, like if we would have won against the Raiders handling Monday Night Football, they're feeling themselves, I probably honestly would flip to the Packers. I just expect that locker room to have just gotten one of the worst chewing outs of their life. Like, what the hell are you guys doing? You're supposed to be Super Bowl champions. It was so bad. Peyton made them spend the night in Vegas so they'd be there the next morning to watch film in Vegas. Wouldn't even let them come home. We're going. You're going to watch this game now. That's kind of phenomenal. So because of that, there's that extra element that you, you can never equate to on the field. How does that actually make the team perform? So I'm looking forward to it. I think that is the little extra oomph to make them win against a very, very good opponent. Yeah, that's all I see. That's so fascinating. And I feel like we can have another hour conversation on that too. It's like those things that like you could be the greatest analyst in the history of the world, right? Mm-hmm. But like those things you literally can't account for. Yeah, you can't. How does that end up affecting the game? And you just go, we'll see. Who knows? It's like that momentum argument, right? There's a lot of people who you're, you're oh, either God. on the momentum train or you're Was not. That such a, I mean, that's a comment, a topic, but that's like really big in the analytics community. Because yeah. analytically, momentum doesn't exist. Correct. But you talk to players and you talk to coaches, Yep. momentum is huge. Yep. So it's like, who do I believe? I don't know. Am I looking the at the numbers? only analytics or yeah. – yeah, just because I am I try to be both. I think there's huge yeah. merits to both routes there, you know, and – who knows? It's true again. Because <laughs> here's how I yeah. put it: If I had to pick one, I'm film first. Analytics is the cliff notes to film. Analytics yes. takes film, yes, and pulls out important data. Correct. But you still got to have the film to do it. Yes. Now it's now it's relying on how good are the eyes looking at the film. So that's point. where like you can either love PFF or hate PFF, but you're Correct. probably not in the middle. You're probably not in the no, middle. Yeah, no, that that is true. That it, yeah. I, I, it, it literally, and that's the thing. That's also I hate too. Like if, and you're saying you use both, right? Like you're looking at yeah. the film, you're looking at analytics because I know plenty of people who just look at analytics and like try to create a narrative out of that. And I'm like, no, 
Like, did, yeah. did you did you watch did you watch the football game? Like, did you yeah. did you watch did you watch those snaps? Because like that, like you said, it, I, I, I'll I like tell you that. when I, I love analytics when it's a large sample size. If we're talking six games or a year, yeah. oh yeah. I think analytics tell almost the whole story. Sure. But if you try to tell me that because my rushing EPA was negative five in this one game that I should never run the ball again, mm-hmm. well, no. I don't know. But, but, but there are some things that are great. One yeah. of my favorite data samples is they did a long-term, several-year study on play action. Regardless of how good your run game is, play action works. doesn't matter if you've got the best running game in the NFL or the worst. still works. Run play action. So there are some analytics I love. And I've had this fun go back and forth with PFF guys because PFF offensive line rating, I abhor. I disdain. I think it's terrible. I think they're bad at their job. But then there's other positions. I'm like, these guys nail it. Yeah. So it just depends. Sure. And that's not – I mean, I have that fun back and forth with them all the time. And maybe they get a new offensive line scout, and I'm like, dang, this dude's starting to know his stuff. (laughs) Right now I'm like, you got who rated as the best and the worst? Yeah. No, I'm going to go with Duke Mannyweather's opinion over yours. Thank you. So – yeah, it's, it's, it's fun. As long as you can, you know, laugh at it and have good fun with it, that's all that matters. Agreed. So go and check Deuce out. He has an awesome YouTube channel, runs a great podcast, and it was a lot of fun talking to him. So much so that we recorded for over another hour after we ended this episode talking about football. So I will be dropping that within the next day or two for your enjoyment. There are a lot of really dark jokes. And it's phenomenal. So go and check Deuce out. You can find me at TomGrassyComedy.com. We're at TomGrassyComedy on all social media. See down below. Check out podcasts on SoundCloud, iTunes, Google Play Music, Spotify, and of course YouTube. And a big shout and thank you to all the patrons over at Patreon.com slash TomGrassyComedy and the YouTube members. But thank you so much for watching. I'm Tom Grassy. And as always, go Pack Go.